Thanks for tuning in. We're into the last hour of the KDK9 show. All right. What's a cat's favorite color? What do you think, Ellie? Uh, I, I really, I can't stop thinking about Tweety Bird and Sylvester. So yellow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you think, Dr. Jess? Huh, mouse brown. Mouse brown. <laughs> mouse brown. What color it's is a mouse? Purple. 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 Jeez, we're really overthinking this. Yes, we're <laughs> overthinking it so yep. hard. Yeah, you were overthinking it. it. Is what it is. There you go. Got fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk. Uh, uh, yep, we were t- talking about fleas and ticks. Okay. T- we we talked about um, uh, the first thing. But yeah, we talked about garlic. We talked, we talked about, about the amber lem- t- lemon rinse. We talked about amber collars. The amber tick collars dot com. Okay, and this is a neat thing about when you do things naturally. If you're really that paranoid, you could put it do them all because they won't. Exactly, they will exactly. not interact with each other like a right. chemical would when you're doing a chemical situation. Right. And and you might you might need to. I mean, if you're going to go camping in the deep woods, yep, in the middle of summer, it might take you know multiple things. Like maybe your dog's wearing an amber collar and you spray them with yep. an essential oil spray yep. a couple times a day or something like that. And the thing is, is that. You you can't OD them on natural stuff, you know, that type thing. Well, except for your lab eating all the garlic. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's weird, but but anyway, uh, and like I say, you can when you do things naturally. Naturally means you're finding things in the environment that repel, whereas it not it, it's not killing the flea or the tick, the gnat, whatever type per se. Right. But it's doing is making you or your dog or your cat a restaurant that nobody wants to eat at. Right. Okay. And so that's the thing. But everybody wants everything dead. You know, I, I tell people, you know, if a, a tick sends you off the you know, one tick sends you off to for calling nine one one, you know, maybe you should get a get a, get a goldfish. Because it just kind of comes with the territory right. that you have to, you know, and a lot of people use tweezers so they don't have to touch the tick. And there's a lot of tick pickers things out there that if you don't want to actually touch the tick. Right. I think I think the tick key I've heard about is pretty useful. Yep. Tick key, yep. Um, the, the thing with ticks, too, is that if they feel you coming, they tend to regurgitate their stomach contents into whatever they're snacking on, like okay. your dog, which okay. you don't <gasps> want to have happen. So that is why do you not, don't hold a lighter up to the tick. Don't yeah. try to set it on fire while it's still attached. Oh, God, no. Some people put, some people paint alcohol on the tick yes. or put, do not, don't tell the tick you're coming. Okay. Just grab that sucker and pull it off. Pull it off. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then and then I end up with a lot of people who are like, oh my God, I think I ripped the tick in half and half the tick is still... Okay, for one thing, the head will not survive without the body. I have only successfully ripped a tick in half once. Okay. Because it is surprisingly hard to do. Yes. And that's a, that's a huge... I was, was going to bring that up. That's a huge thing. Well, what happens if I left the head in the tick? I mean, the right. So sometimes people, left the head right. So sometimes the tick people the pull the tick off and then you end up with a really hard little black scab. Yep. That is a scab. It is not actually the tick's tick. head. Right. If it is the tick's head like i said without the body the head will die and and the dog's body will expel it it's like splinters don't stay in your body your body gets rid of them right so it's just like that yeah so that's always why i'm saying i'm worried about the tick is still left in the because if the the tick got a good bite i mean got in there pretty big it's gonna have a nice welt you know, mm-hmm. so and then people think right away. Well, the head, the t- head isn't still in yes. there, and so I got no. He, that tick just had a really good bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can have toxicity reactions to the tick saliva itself. It's not Lyme disease. It's not anaplasmosis. It's not anything like that. 
It's just a direct toxicity of the tick saliva. Okay. So you can get used to that. I had some people who they spent too much time in the North Woods and they had super aggressive tick reactions. And then by like the third tick, they, they actually bit them. They stopped not having a reaction. Wow. Also, eating locally produced honey is really good for allergies and for people who have pollen issues. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, raw local honey. I use that a lot for my patients who have seasonal allergies or allergies that are like more prevalent in one season versus another. Now, are we eating that's what the honey? Do. Well, people are animals. I'll have people give it to their dogs. Okay. Like yeah. a half teaspoon a day or something oh, for a okay. lab. That's not much. And that's local, local honey. Yeah, and raw local honey. So okay, you don't wow. want it to have been pasteurized, okay. basically. Okay. Yeah. Because well, that good. nukes all the goodness. Okay. Now there's diatomaceous earth. Yeah. Okay, and you know how many years it took me to say that correctly? And how what I would think of is dye, and then earth, and then dye, oh, then tomato, and then earth. So dye, oh, tomato, earth, <laughs> before I finally could put it together going diatomaceous earth. <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to be saying dye, tomato, earth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very natural when you say it. There you go. <laughs> and then, and, and you will need because there's several kinds of diatomaceous earth out there, and uh, but we need food grade to right. to use for uh, a tick repeller or not. Now, now, technically, the diatomaceous earth works. I put it in a baby sock, zip tie the baby sock, sock top, and then I put one pat on the chest, one pat where the butt and the tail come together, one pat um, on their tummy. Okay, and then a pat on the back of the shoulders and the neck. Okay, is what I do. And it's just a pat, 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 pat. It's not a pat, 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 pat. Mm-hmm. And so now the diatomaceous earth is a dust. Okay, yes. it looks you, like you probably like, want to do this outside, I yeah, think. You, yeah, and so the thing is, is you want to, um, it's it's like powdered chalk is what it is. And so like, then what happens is the flea, the tick, or any kind of crustacean walks through that, it scrapes their shell, and then they dehydrate and die. So technically, it does kill, mm-hmm. but but humanely, <laughs> it's not. But it's not like you know uh, your uh, uh, Advantex, all the stuff that are true chemicals that you know you're toxifying your environment, your dog, yourself, and everything else. We'll get into the chemical end of it. But the diatomaceous earth, there again, you can add that to your basket of other stuff if you want to do them all together. You can. Mm-hmm. But it has to be food grade because I deworm the horses and the barn cats with diatomaceous earth. And so uh, the horse, I'm trying to think, what did I give him? A cup and a half a day, I think, is what I gave. Uh, yeah, so hmm. was, yeah, about yes, I, a cup and a half total is what it was. But anyway, so the thing is, is that, um, yeah, so you can use it as a deworming thing or you know, people that have barn cats, you can mix it in with canned cat food or sardines or something like that. So it's a way of kind of trying to help them deworm themselves without... You know, try to catch a cat and give them some pills or whatever type thing. So, because I know some people that have done that with feral colonies where you can't really get close to the cats, but they want to try to get a handle on a little bit of the parasites. So, what's your thought? I th- yeah, I think it would probably also be useful for chickens for dust baths. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, that's, yeah, that's a given. Yeah, for that. Yeah. I, I do they have that for my they have a tendency to get mites and stuff like that that yep. could be really bad. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. And so, yeah, so the diatomaceous earth, that's another part. And now I also want to I just suggest people to tap a little bit in their bed, you know, where the dog and the cat sleep. So in oh, case not, they do. Not your bed. Yeah, well, they don't sleep. <laughs> but, but anyway, so, yeah, what kind of the, But anyway, so then, um, and the reason is, is that if they bring somebody in, then mm-hmm. they go lay in their bed that is going to take care of, you know, their area type thing mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, uh, I'm also a big fan of lint rollers. Oh, yes. So if you have a short coated dog, just take your lint roller with you, and you can pick those little ticks right up off the surface of the dog. 
And the dog, usually when they come in after they've kind of settled down and are hanging out, that's when they'll start moving. The ticks, they always gravitate to the head because mm-hmm. the skin is thinner up there so they can get, they can eat faster. <laughs> right. Although you can really, like you could potentially find them anywhere. Yes. And um, we should alert people that uh, male dogs also have nipples. Yep. Don't try to take those off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I heard of someone doing that. You're they kidding. tried to take oh, a nipple yeah. off because they thought really? it was a tick up north. Yeah. Oh, oh people Lord. are constantly picking at that and they're like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? Why won't it come off? Oh, Leave your dog's nipples is, alone. Exactly. It is part of your dog's body. No, Don't. I'm sorry. I have never, <laughs> ever. Really? Never. Oh, no, you haven't lived. Never. <laughs> I honest to Pete, that is something else. Holy moly. But yeah. anyway, yeah, so then, so we got diatomaceous earth, and then um, what's some other now? Oh, no, you can well, take a, it, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go for it. You can take a bandana and put like a drop of eucalyptus oil. Or lemongrass. Or a drop of lemongrass. Don't use the two together. That'll overdo it. And just a drop. And then I put it in a Ziploc bag, and then when I'm ready to go out, and I put it on the dog. Okay, then we go out, and then I leave it on for an hour after we get back. Put it back into the Ziploc bag. Because then when the Ziploc bag, all that is you know, like permeating the the. The, yeah, the bandana. Okay, don't leave it on the. And so many people want to say, well, one drop. Let's put five drops. That'll really keep everything away. And dogs' nose is so sensitive, you could just overwhelm their senses with that. Right. So anyway, okay. So and then there's a bunch of tags. So there's oh, like yes. the zero bug zone tag. Um, there's the pet protector. Um, I think it's uh, only natural pet or something has an easy defense tag. Yep. And these tags are made to go on the dog's collar. So you have to have, like, your dog has to wear the collar regularly. Correct. Same thing with the amber collar. Yep. You can't just put the collar on when you're going in the woods. Your dog has to wear, wear it, it all, all the time. time. And so same thing with these tags. And then they do whatever they do. It explains stuff on the website. Something about scalar waves, which I don't even know if that's yeah. a thing. Yeah. But I do have clients who swear by, by these them. things. And it kind of depends on your individual pet's body chemistry. And so... I have people who say to me, you know what, last year I tried the pet protector and whatever, and those things didn't work. So this year I'm going to try a couple of other things. And you sort of have to find what works for where you live, where you take your pets, your dog's body chemistry. Because the way I think of it is too, just like with people, you know, you have two people outside. One of them is just getting chewed alive by mosquitoes and the other one's like, what, what mosquitoes? We're all, we all, we call are, that sweet blood. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And see, the thing is, yeah. obviously, and so our arms. dogs are like that too. You see, some dogs are getting swarmed by the deer flies. Yep. And some, the deer flies don't even go near them. See, I'm that person in a fire where I'm sitting there and everybody else is slap happy. And I will not put any chemicals on me, anything with DEET or anything like that. There, I do bring Listerine with. And because you spit, you spit yourself with Listerine, that repels naturally, too. Isn't Listerine, like, mostly alcohol, Yeah, well, though? it is, yeah. And then it's, consume <laughs> it, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so the, the, those shoe, those, uh, they used to be a long time ago, shoe tag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now right. they've got newer, that's got brought right, out. Now it's, now it's the zero bug zone tag, and, and right. these other ones, the pet protector and the easy defense tag. Yep. And they're cool. Okay, then yeah. there's Alzoo, dot com. They have a lot of, uh, they their main base of their stuff is like peppermint. And I forget what there's something else that they use. But anyway, so they've got a lot of different natural things to do called Alzoo.com. I think, I think Mercola also has an essential oil, uh, more like, more like your regular sort of flea tick collar kind of thing. So they also have an essential oil impregnated collar. Okay. 
Okay, those the, things are too stinky for me. Yeah, those are, okay, yeah, everybody's different. Okay, we're going to keep on going here. Okay, what do cats make terrible, why do cats make terrible storytellers? Why do cats make terrible storytellers? We'll be back. Hello, guys, all and gals, hey, and everybody. Nice and sunshiny outside, it's always nice. We're here with Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, and uh, we're taking your calls and we're talking about holistic ways uh, or natural ways to repel flea and tick because that's right around the corner, maybe a month away where everybody's going to be thinking about and want to get you started and thinking now so you can set up your plan get what you need and be prepared so you don't have to bring out the stupid chemicals. Uh, why do cats make terrible storytellers? What do you think, Ellie? Uh, because they don't have any control over their tail. <laughs> Ooh, that's you're close. You're really close. I'm close. I haven't gotten close yet. That's what I say, because they have very long tails. No, they only have one tail. <laughs> so we both got the tail thing. Yes, you got it. Why do cats make terrible storytellers? They only have one tail. What does that have words, to do with cats? Okay, what, how many animals have multiple tails? What? That's a good but, question. But, but Are tail, not T-A-I-L. <laughs> tail, T-A-L-E. Even so. It's a pun on words. A thing on words. <laughs> yes. Never. Let's. So we're trying to analyze these stupid, <laughs> silly jokes. <laughs> Good gravy. I'm going back to I have a step ladder. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. <laughs> oh, good gravy. That's funny. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk more. Let's take the caller that's uh, just called. We'll take that, and then we'll come back. And we're going to talk now after that. And we're going to talk about, okay, what products are out there that you're starting to see tons of advertisements on TVs and why we want to run from those, okay? So first, let's take the call. Who's up? Well, so we have Jenny, who uh, dogs get really, really anxious when they go to the groomers, and she wants some solutions. Ah, hey, Jenny, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What kind of dog do you got? Well, I've got a little Havanese and a 30-pound Cocker Spaniel. Okay. They they... both have anxiety, but the Cocker Spaniel is really naughty. Okay, so what happens? Well, my groomer is fabulous, and she um, can do most of it, but when it comes to her feet... I have to, like, be there and hold her, and she muzzles her, and um, so I'm just wondering. I've tried CBD, but I never seem to get the dosage right. Okay. Um, Okay, now, do you handle her feet or a putch of their feet between grooming events? No. Okay. I just have her groomed regularly. Okay, but that's your job as a mom to get her desensitized so that your groomer has an easier time of it. That you should okay. be every day be putzing with those feet. And what you're going to yeah. do is, you know, touch it and say, oh, look at your foot. Oh, look at this foot. Now, you just give it a little pat, then put it down. Okay, and then, you know, maybe another time you're petting the dog, go down, pick up the paw. Oh, look at that feet. And then if you want to, I'm not a treat trainer, okay? But the thing is, is that when a dog has an aversion to something, if you have to get them through it with a tiny pieces of treat, not uh, not where you bring out the knives and forks, okay? Whereas, like, I love the Nutrisource treats. They have the superstar training treats now that you can break in half, or you can also break them in threesies, so they're getting a little something, okay? And the superstar mm-hmm. training treats, 100% of the profits go to their, like, Soldier 6, uh, uh, Pinky Swear. They got different organizations that they support. So you could do, you could become a donator, too. But anyway, by using the superstar trading treat. So anyway, so anyway, so now you break that trading treat into like threesies or twosies. Okay, so you're going to pick up the, you know, if you have the treat in one hand and then touch, you know, and hold it so the dog can't 
grab it out of your hand, okay? Like maybe put it in the palm of your hand and wrap your hand around it so she can smell it, okay? But she can't get to it. And say, oh, what is this? And then you pet your paw. Oh, look at the paw. Very nice. And if she's very nice about giving to the paw, oh, that was, now make sure you give it a word. Paw or feet, whatever word. You've got to figure out what the word's going to be, okay? And you're going to teach you with your groomer, too. So then you go, paw. And then she, she is trying to jerk it away, like I say, ah, 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 ah. Go real soft, real slow. Hey, let her put the foot back down. Pick up the paw. Let's see the paw. Paw. Oh, look at you. That was very nice. And then slowly open and let her get, have the treat, okay? And then, like, we kind of keep her, you know, rub her leg. And, oh, that was very nice. Try to do one paw three times. Okay, and that where she's not going to yeah. struggle and struggle and struggle. You know, don't do it any more than three times. And it gets it gets redundant, and you're going to lose your cool, and she's going to lose her cool. And so then, like I say, every day your job is to rotate. Today is the right left front paw. Tomorrow's maybe the back left. But every day you're going to do a different paw. Whether you're going to take about five minutes or whatever. If you want to do it twice a day, like once in the morning, once at night. But, you know, like I say, take five minutes and get her desensitized that you could hold her paw. And then now when she's really, when you say paw and she's almost giving it to you, <laughs> don't say shake. You just want to say paw where she's willing, she's going to you know, almost half lift it up so you can take it. All right. Then the next okay. thing would be is that then you take out a like a comb or a little brush or something where you could just kind of comb it a little bit and then put it down. Give her the treat. Yay. That was good job. Good job. Make it a fun thing instead of a we will get this done thing. All right. Yeah. That's what she's yeah. already now anticipated that when anybody touches her paw, it turns into this. She can pick up on. Your body odor that you're stressed, the groomer's stressed, she's got a muzzle on, she's stressed. All this stress is just stirring the pot and it's becoming a whirlwind, all right? So what we got to try to do, your job as a mom is to get your kid to like a haircut, okay, on his feet. (laughs) And so the more, but you got to stay very calm and very steady. Uh, If she tries to, you know, if you have to put a leash on, you know, so that if she, you know, gets a little butsy, take the leash, hey, hey, hey. You be nice. Be nice. Okay, then we're going to try it again. The main thing, you've got to keep your cool, stay calm, because she can pick up on your anxiety with feeds her anxiety. All right? And so you've okay. got to be the leader of this, because remember, all our emotions have a smell, and the dogs get used to, like, if we're kind of happy, sort of happy, uh, really happy, or kind of mad, real mad. Sort of mad. And so they admit it. We admit that smell. And if you watch your dog, you can see the head turn like, oh, oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's a laugh or you're mad or whatever type thing. And so that's why you've got to kind of shake it off. Even though you think you are calm, technically you're, 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 you're admitting your anxieties. And so and you will, your dog will mirror what you are. And so, like I say, when you finally get a handle, you can actually be calm about the thing. You'll be surprised how that, that will go towards the animal, too. Okay. Okay. So that's what we got to do, and then like um, combs or something that your groomer has. Have her show you like what kind of comb you need to use on her feet or what what you want she wants done. You know, type thing. And so, and um, one thing that I would suggest too is that is it just grooming the feet or is it cutting the toenails or is it both? Both. Okay. Because if you can cut one toenail and be done, that'd be great. You know, instead of just saying, we will get this done all at one time, you know, it'd be really cool. Like like I said, I don't know how far you live from the groomer. If you can do one paw one week, do the other paw the next week. So it's not a 
overwhelming thing for mm. both you and the dog. And so then eventually what happens is that it's not this fall all trying to get this all done and we're running out of time and blah, blah, blah. So if you got a good rapport with your groomer, she might be interested in when it comes to the paw, we're just going to do one paw a week. And so then it's not such a major deal anymore. But the more you say, it's going to come to a point where, you know, it's going to be balls to the wall because the dog yeah. is like, I am so done. <laughs> and it so, already is. So. Yep. And so that's why, like I say, you've got to desensitize the dog. So it, that having this groomer, you know, being groomed is happy. It's a fun thing. It's a game. Your voice. Oh, we could do this. Yes, we can. Look at this. Yes, we can. You know, whereas he's she, like, well, apparently you're happy about this. I'm not. But your job is to make her happy that she not it's not something to worry about. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that's what we want Thank to do. You, very much. you bet you can try. There's a thing you could try. Like, uh, is this the only dog? Oh, no, you have another dog, right? Um, you yeah, can try yeah. rescue remedy in the water, like a couple of days before the grooming. Couple okay, of, now uh, I do have that. So well, I should give it to her for a couple of days. Okay, why don't you hold on? We'll talk about it when we get back from break, okay? Dr. Jess okay. will chime in on this to try to get them more composed, okay? Yeah. What's a crocodile's favorite game? What's a crocodile's favorite game? Be back. In the first few weeks of any new year, an estimated 23% of people fall off the resolution wagon. It could be the beckoning lights of a drive-thru. Or winter fatigue. But it's not too late to get back on. Buy one month at YMCA now and get another for free. We're a community of real people who can help you hang on. Learn more at ymcanorth.org. All right, here we go. What's the crocodile's favorite game? What do you think there, Ellie? Okay, I feel this is not the right answer. Okay. Crocodile Dentist, which was my favorite game when I was a kid, and it's a real game. Crocodile Dentist? Yes. You have to, like, press down the teeth, and he'll snap on you if you press the wrong one. Scared the bejesus out of me. That is a great game for children. Oh, it's so good. You have to find it. <laughs> and you needed therapy. I'm going to tell your mom, you needed therapy to get over that crocodile. It scares me. It's a little oh, I jump bet. scare. I bet. What do, you, what do you think, Dr. Jess? I don't know. Like, biting games? Okay, but you're you're on the right track again. You ready then? Uh, what's a crocodile's favorite game? Snap. Snap. Okay, that's Crocodile Aww. Dentist. Everyone needs to go. go play Crocodile Dentist. There you go. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I've oh, never heard of it either. It's crazy. I saw this horrible video online, too, where someone replaced the teeth with uh, thumbtacks. Oh, oh my <laughs> Lord. Jeez. Good gravy. Good gravy. Don't do that, kids. No, nope. right. nope, we don't do that. We don't do that. Okay, let's go back to uh, where are we at there. Well, so we um, lost. I'm sorry. Her name is currently escaping me. Uh, Jenny, uh, who is looking for maybe some like um, medical alternatives to like helping with anxiety around the groomers. Okay. Um, yep. 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 Okay, what? What? Yeah, uh, we we lost oh, the caller. Lost I was uh, curious if Dr. Jess had any thoughts about oh, okay. like what kind of. Oh yeah, the call me thing. She was yeah, because we were just talking yeah. about rescue remedies. Yeah, and so, I, I think with a dog like this, I mean. I'm sure you can give the dog enough CBD to knock it out, and then you get it to the groomer, and the dog's going to wake back up and flip out. Okay. So uh, using anti-anxiety meds, in this case, I agree with Katie 100%. Like, this is actually a training issue, not my dog needs to be sedated issue. Yes. Because at some point, you're not going to be able to sedate the dog right. enough. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
but but like really what needs to happen is um, you need to kind of, you know, man up, take the leadership position mm-hmm. and teach your dog that this is not something to be concerned about. Right. And there you can take the edge off, you know, somebody's anxiety to help calm them down, you know, like stress free mm-hmm. from uh, springtimeinc.com, some CBD, CBD oil. But that's not what you're using to get them, like you say, to knock them out. Right. Right. That's it's not, just- not going to make your dog. No. So calm that all of a sudden he's, he's like, like sure. yes, yes, groomy. here's my paw. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so that, yeah, it's going to take, you know, take, takes time. You got to remember how long they've been a nut job with their paws mm-hmm. that, uh, and then just brought up something I forgot about uh, that you saw on Facebook is a sling that you hang and you put the dog in the sling. Right. The legs go out. Yeah, through out the yep. Yep. And so the thing is, and some people that where they have nasty, nasty dogs mm-hmm. that that is, if they don't want to work you know for the relationship right and so that's the flip side like does your dog learn anything by being rendered helpless or immobilized yeah what are they learning other than look get near me me with that sling now i'm gonna bite you yeah there you go i had had one dog in my office i was you know i got out my stethoscope and he looked at me and clearly like the thought bubble was you are not getting near me with that snake thing there you go yeah yeah Oh, Try it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Then that's but, 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 it, but you can use like, so rescue remedy definitely would have a place in that scenario, though, because honestly, like you're not going to be able to control the fact that your heart rate is now going up right. as you're getting closer to the groomer's house. Right, right. And you're thinking, OK, now I have to get him out of the car okay. and then we have to stay calm and then I'm going to have to keep him calm. So that's a good. So take the rescue remedy, put some in your mouth. And then you can put some on your hands and then you can pet your dog with your rescue remedy hands. Yeah. But really like. You should take some rescue remedy too. But the, I, I think I mentioned too before we went to break is say start a couple of days early. Just don't yep. do it the day of. Have right. that kind of steady them out for a couple of days ahead of a time. Yeah, just like what I do with the Fourth of July with a stress free or whatever. You know, I start a week, week and a half before the Fourth. Mm-hmm. You know, to just kind of get into a beat of them being more steady and such like that. So right. okay, okay, who's up? Well, so next up we have Margaret, who just wants uh, Dr. Jess's thoughts on uh, treating a dog's cut on his face. Okay, cut. Hi, Margaret. How you doing? Hi. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Well, thank um, you. I just noticed this morning, um, shortly after my dog came inside, that she had a cut, kind of a gash on her, right under her eye. Oh. I don't know if that happened. Must have happened outside. I'm guessing, but um, that it's not bleed. It bled for a little bit. She's leaving it alone. Do you think I need to even worry about it? Do you have a cat? Do you have a cat? No, I don't have a no, I don't have a cat. Does he have access have to cats? <laughs> no, no. I don't think yeah, I was wondering if something got her, but she she was in and out so fast. It was two degrees this morning. She's not a fan of the cold, so Okay. I don't think she got into a fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I mean it's worth kind of scouting around outside to see if maybe she yeah. jabbed her face on a Branch, low, low hanging yeah. branch or something. Yeah, I'll look at the I'll look at the mm-hmm. at the fence to see if there's anything poking out on the fence. You know, the, the yeah. wire fence. So it kind of depends but, on how deep things are. If it's something okay. that needs to be cleaned, then mm-hmm. I would say rinse with salt water. And so it's, okay, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, okay. quarter teaspoon of salt, and you want to use like sea salt or Himalayan salt. Quarter yeah. teaspoon okay. of salt per cup of water. Okay. And you don't want to power wash. So you don't want to aim right. it directly into the wound. You want to just start from above and wash it down her face. So kind of, you might have to hold a towel okay. under her chin to catch all okay. the 
rinse water and just rinse, 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 rinse. So just the okay. same way that like if you cut your hand and you run water over it, it will sting like yeah. crazy. But yeah. salt okay, water but- doesn't sting because our bodies are like the water in our bodies is actually salt right. water. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would okay. I would use something like that. If you want, you could give a dose of the homeopathic remedy calendula. Um, okay. But typically with a wound that has occurred like you're not really sure when it happened. It's been there for a little while. Uh, once a wound has been present for longer than a really short period of time, then you don't want to close it. You want it to heal from the inside, inside out, out because it's bound okay. to be infected and let the yeah. body just kind of shove that to the surface. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the call. Have helpful. a great day. Bye bye. Thanks. You too. Okay. Who's up there, ma'am? Well, so next up here we have, what's it, uh, Carrie, whose dog has been starting to get a little nippy. Ah, okay. Hey, Carrie, how you doing? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you betcha. What kind um, of dog do you got? So we've got a five-year-old, Brittany, who was born with a neurological problem. So she, her balance is off and her vision is off. But she's lived a happy life. We've accommodated for her. We have rugs everywhere. She's happy. Um But she always has been a little bit uh, kind of resource guarding as far as her food. So we've accommodated. We feed and get out of there. Um, And then, like, she she used to get on the furniture, and then she wouldn't want to get off, and she'd growl at us. So we don't let her up on the furniture anymore. So it's kind of modified through the years. Okay. But she's been a little, gotten a little bit more unpredictable. Like, we're just on Friday night. She was laying down right next to my son, and he was petting her. She seemed to want it. She didn't growl or warn, and then she reached over and nipped at him. He's 11. Okay. And he's very gentle with her. Okay. So she's getting a little bit more un- unpredictable and wondering what we should do. Okay. Um, do you take her for walks? Tons of walks. What? Yes. Okay. Tons of walks. Okay. Yep. Yeah. When you go for a walk, uh, she walking politely next to you at a loose lead or is she scanning in front of you? She's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I would say she likes to pull sometimes, but she can be reined back in with verbal cues. Okay, uh, when well you go to go outside, who goes to the door first, her or you? Mm, probably her. Okay. Um, when Where does she sleep? She sleeps in her own room. Like, okay. I, I dated off. She's a, like the mudroom. Okay. Have you taught her like a good stay or how to down? Um, I, <laughs> I've listened to you for a long time, so I'm kind of like, all these things, kind of. She's not, I wouldn't say she's great at any of it. She can do all of it, kind of. Okay. Because, see, what, what's happening here is that she's getting snarky because she's cool and you guys aren't. She don't have enough rules. She, she doesn't have enough things to do. So she's going, as she's getting older, she's kind of taking over the, the leadership, okay? And so that's mm-hmm. why it's really imperative when you take her for walks, she is never to scan in front of you as you are walking. She is to walk okay. loosely at your side. And at any time during the walk, you can stop and say sniffies or check it out but you stand still then when you're ready to proceed forward you bring her back in and now she's walking politely are you using a harness or a training collar training collar good which one are you using the prong okay great and so then what you want to do is make sure it's loose it cannot be tight snug it has to be loose excellent excellent and so then like now having her wait at the door where you say wait Okay, and then you step forward and open the door. She moves. You step backwards and bump back towards her tail or her rump because she doesn't have a tail. 
But anyway, yeah. so gonna, uh, back or wrong. Okay, now you go and open it again. You say wait, open the door. And your goal is that you can get through the door in side profile. Don't ever turn your back on a dog. And so, and she is looking at you, not looking beyond you, but looking at you like, may I? And then you're going to say calmly, let's go. Now, when she comes through the door, she is not to come through like a rocket, like na 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 nu nu. She is to come through politely and then look to you like, okay, now what? All right, where you are the focus, you are the leader. All this snappy thing is that when she deems something unacceptable, she reacts. So she's running the pack. Okay, like with your son right there, all of a sudden she was done being petted. So here, snark. All right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. she's setting the rules, the limits. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got to set the rules and the limits. That is not by me, master you, dog. It's by setting the rules. Like start having her like uh, do a stay, uh, uh, work for a stay. Like when she's across the room, when, let's say you're in the kitchen eating. You have her mm-hmm. pillow or a pad or a rug. You're going to say, down, stay. Okay, you go to eat. Here she comes. Uh-uh, wrong. Down, stay. Okay, and obviously you're gonna work on it before you really need it. And the downstay in the kitchen, where you could get across yep. the room and stuff like that. Well, now she's focusing. She's on what you told her, which is down and a stay, and you can follow through. So now she's okay. doing things for you, and you're taking leaderships of your pack back. Okay? okay. Okay. So don't blame everything on like her come up on on how you know the differences that she had. No, she's yeah. still and unfortunately a lot of dogs that have had special needs, people have a tendency to be too coddly and then empower empower true. the dog and then the dog is like, This is so cool. What else can I get away with? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's really important that you start having her do things for you and looking to you for direction. Do you want to say something, Doctor Jess? Oh, okay. Yeah. She's over here nodding. He's like, yeah. Well, because I th- I think about like from the health perspective. Are you feeding dry food? She does get dry food. Yeah, Nutrisource, but it's great. Okay, so you could potentially stop doing that, right? Okay. Because all the carbs in dry food are like sugar. Sure. Sugar yeah. is pro-inflammatory. As dogs get older, you know, has she been to a chiropractor? No. Ooh, that's a good idea, right? So I mean, so then it's. Even when dogs turn like eight, nine, ten years old, um, that's when we're thinking about like the kind of going into your senior years, I'll say. So I tend to put those dogs on a joint supplement, even if they don't have arthritis, even if they don't limp. Proactive, not reactive. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're being protective of their joints. So I would say use a joint supplement with that also contains MSM. I would get her to a chiropractor, see if anything's out of whack. Um, and you know, whatever you can do to get rid of the dry food, to get the sugar out of her diet, help her brain function more normally, et cetera. Okay. So okay. way back and when, anything, yeah. I, I, we just tend to think she's getting a little bit more anxious as she's getting older. Uh-huh. She tends to want to go upstairs more and be like in her room more a little bit uh-huh. or in any room away from us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But give her more because that, that's again, that's a sign that it's her house and not your house. Is it that should be, or, or dogs will also withdraw due to pain. Pain, that's true, too. Right. Yep. And yep. It's, it's hard for us to tell. So way back in the day, um, when I was working at Golden Valley Animal Hospital, I ended up taking home this little 13-year-old ragtag dog that nobody wanted, mm-hmm. and she was not a nice dog. Hold and on, let's, we got to take her. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. hold on. Okay, hold on. we got to take a quick break. What stays in the corner and travels all over the world? What stays in the corner and travels all over the world? We'll be back. Hey, we're winding down here, so we're going to finish up this call, and then we got to quick uh, finish up our flea tick thing, too. Okay, 
Are you are you still there? Carrie? Yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, yes. go ahead, Dr. Jeff. Yeah, so all I was going to say is I took home this little rotten 13-year-old dog who's not very nice. <laughs> and then one day I surprised her when I came in the house and she fell all the way down the steps to the basement. Ooh. And I was lucky enough to find a vet who did chiropractic and acupuncture and got me in an emergency appointment. Okay. And so Kaya had chiropractic and acupuncture, and boy, she was a much nicer little dog after that. Oh, there you go. I had no idea. She yeah, was yeah with all the neurologic problems the that you've been yeah, doing yeah. with this dog, mm-hmm. that would be a, a, a chiropractor. There's a chiropractor for everybody. That's a chiropractic clinic. It's called chiropractor for everybody. Mm-hmm. What area okay. do you live in? Um, East Metro, um, Matamidae. Matamidae. Okay, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. chiropractor for everybody over there. La Valley's over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think. There's also a couple of people who come to your home and do massage. There's all sorts of stuff available. So uh, you can always email me at my practice. And uh, I have, there's on the favorites page of my website, there's a list of chiropractors. You can kind of look and see where people are. Okay. Okay. And then do you see how can you value in like doing anything like any anti anxiety, anything for her? If she, since it seems like she's kind of ramping up or. Should we just deal with all these other things first and then think about that? I, w- I would address underlying physiologic issues first, first. before jumping to okay. yep. some sort of And then of start sedative. becoming uh, more, it's your house, not her house, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. And so, like I said, when you go for a walk, yeah, just start realigning everything, okay? Uh, sure, Dr. Jess, how can, you you how can she get a hold of you? How can she get a hold of you? Through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. Okay. Thanks, kiddo. Okay. Have a good Thanks day. Thanks so much. You okay, bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we forgot. What stays in the corner and try out travels all over the world? What do you think, Ellie? A globe. What do you think? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, a stamp. A stamp. I was stays kind in the of co- Yes, you were. Yeah. Stay, stays in the corner and travels all over the world. A stamp. My mind was in the right place. Yes, you were. We were very, very close to nice. a couple of things here. Okay, so we were talking about natural flea and tick as such, and then now the chemicals, you're seeing it on the TV and all this kind of stuff. You know, there's, there's uh, stuff that goes in the dog and a cat and stuff that you put on the dog and the cat. And what a lot of people don't do is they don't they trust their vet that it's going to be okay. You should need to read the, the side effects of what, you know, mm-hmm. you know lethargy, throwing up, uh, seizures you know if, uh, if you're okay with any of your dog or your cats that happening to then sh- go for it i'm not okay with that especially if you've seen a dog seizure or whatever type thing soresto soresto s-e-r-e-s-t-o that is a collar that you put on and they if you go- google that and then put soresto Sor- um uh what do you call it lawsuit okay s-e-r-e-s-t soresto there's a lawsuit for this collar causing the death of many, many dogs. Oh, wow. Okay, and so that's why you've got to look into what has happened in the past. So Advantix, you know, tools, uh, uh, Brevecto, you know, all this stuff that is serious. And when it says to you have to have a hazmat suit on to put it on, you know, and to dispose of it, you have to do it. Would you really want to put that on your dog or your cat just mm-hmm. to repel fleas and ticks? And then I, yeah. So anyway, so what? No, I agree. Cause you have to think like, do you want to bring these chemicals into your home? You are being exposed to them as well. Yes. And you know, a lot of us are trying to prevent ourselves from getting sick or prevent our illnesses from getting worse. So a chemical exposure is just not a good thing. Right, and you're petting the dog. You put the spot on stuff on, okay, mm-hmm. and you're petting the dog, and the kids are petting the dog, and kids don't wash your hands. And it's that res- the um, any kind of 
flea tick collars are is horrendous. Is all the chemicals you can always see the right. powder and stuff coming off the the collar. But anyway, but you're you're you don't wash your hands. They're right. sleeping in and the so, bed with you, right? So that's why a lot of people are more comfortable with the ones that you feed your dog, and then you feel like, oh, I'm just giving my dog this monthly treat, and right. you know the chemical is. I don't know where the chemical is, but yep. But how is it working? Well, it's traveling through your dog's blood system and then it's coming out the pores of their skin. So don't fool yourself. You are being exposed to this toxic. And chemical. the problem that I have, if you give them the pill type thing, if they have a reaction, you're screwed. You have to wait it out and hope to God they're going to be OK. That's true. There's yeah, no if, antidote for these right, things. And then when you um, put it on them, if they start having a reaction, you could take Dawn dish soap and try to get that spot you know, get the oils off that the area. Yeah, 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 and just get that all off of there. And so that's why, just because they make it doesn't mean we should do it. And uh, so that's why I try to do things naturally. And if you listen to the beginning of the program, we gave a lot, you know, on podcasts, we gave a lot of the natural ways. And another thing, too, is, you know, lawns. Now, everybody's thinking about what they're going to do with their lawn. And, you know, the, and there's, I think it, what I read one place is that there's, if you are a chemical lawn person, there's a 70% chance of your dog getting some kind of lymphoma from it's very common from yeah. the uh, from the lawn chemicals and so the thing is is there's um, organic lawn lawns by Lunseth L U N S E T H they uh, they've been on the show a couple of times and anyway so look at natural ways to do your lawns and weed control and such like that stop the chemicals we need to do it for ourselves for our grandkids our kids our pets and let's say you live between two chemical lawn happy people why don't you try to get together and say hey Hey, let's try this and see how it goes. And there's a uh, cornmeal has become huge in the organic lawn uh, area because what that does is you sprinkle it like in the fall. And then I think it's two times or three times a year. And what you do is you sprinkle it and it, it doesn't kill the original plant. But like, okay, you know how the dandelions go poof and all those seeds go floating through the air. Okay, if you have put uh, cornmeal on your lawn, it sterilizes the seed. So it won't reproduce. But now, if you have to seed your lawn, obviously you're not putting cornmeal down because it will sterilize all that seed. And so that's why uh, uh, Hugo Feed Mill, Steve up there, he's a huge one. He can help you out. Most of your people that know their grasses, they have some... You know, any kind of the feed mills at hardware stores and such like that. Get somebody that truly knows grasses. And then talk to them about the ration. What is that? How much cornmeal you have to... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that you uh, put on your lawn, and it's a slower process. In three year, three years, you could have one heck of an awesome lawn by doing it naturally. You have to take dig out the original plants, like the uh, you know whether it's uh, crabgrass or whether it's uh, dandelions or whether it's you know the purple stuff that likes to crawl over. The, but anyway, so you have to take care of those. But then once you do that, and then you put your 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 cornmeal down. Now anything would reseeds any seed that falls on is going to sterilize that seed so that it will not regrow and so there's so many things that we can do to get chemicals out of here because it's really uh, you know the world is becoming just a chemical society and when all of a sudden they don't start working they build bigger and better chemicals to put in and on mm-hmm. us and in on our pets and i of the belief and i know you're probably the exact same thing is that well, i won't put words in your mouth but i don't put any chemical in or on my pets or in or on my lawn that i would not put in or on me and just mm-hmm. because they make it 
Does it mean that we should use it? And like I say, look into like a Vantex, how many dogs, you know, go to their websites or go out there. There's many blogs or whatever, and you'll see on what damage those chemicals can do to our pets. And so that's why it's so, and it's easy to go natural. You can go to my, uh, go to mytalk1071.com, go to my Katie Canine website, and then click on radio show topics and scroll halfway down. I have some natural things that you can do for fleas and ticks there okay but the bigger thing is is that then with heartworm that's not that's a chemical that puts the poison in the dog system and that in case they get bit by the bug the mosquito that's carrying it then they will die so that you got to learn about heartworm what do you want to do about that <laughs> maybe that's another topic for well and people can also um, email me through my website and i'm happy to send out the handout that i have with all the different natural options that we talked about and a couple of additional things oh wow that'd be really nice so what's yeah. it say again what's your website holistic-vet-care.com well dr jessica levy that's you're so good at uh, always stop in and get enlighten us ellie another great week great you greatly appreciate it and you all thank you for listening <laughs>